All right, we're back at 15 minutes past 8 o'clock. And, Chief, I apologize for our technical difficulty there. And uh, you were just outlining the uh, changing the culture. And you said uh, that change uh, with regard to the consent decree starts from the top and uh, with yourself and Cedric. But it also goes down to your supervisors and your leaders. Sure. I think uh, if you go through the DOJ findings report, or you look at any of these investigations that the federal government has done in police departments, I think one of the common denominators that you will find, it is oftentimes a lack of training or a lack of supervision, appropriate supervision, uh, that, that you know allows a lot of these problems to fester. And I, I know, you know, people all around the country know these aren't problems that are unique to Minneapolis. These are, these are issues that are common in cities all around the country, and it requires a significant amount of investment to ensure that we're training our officers appropriately, that our supervisors have the data, have the skills, have the supervisory training they need uh, to, hold, to hold folks accountable. You've been on, on the force uh, just for a few months now. Uh, how difficult will it be cha- to change the culture of your leadership when you have uh, career officers who are leading uh, the rank and file in our communities? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the last six, seven months that I've been here, you know, I've been, you know, honestly, pleasantly surprised at just the unbelievable commitment and the resiliency of so many of the officers that we have who are left. The reality is hundreds of officers have left the MPD, whether they've left the profession completely mm-hmm. or they've gone on to work for other departments. So I think the people that we have that are left here are, are very much, uh, you know, just like residents and community, are very much interested in having progress. The cops just need direction. They need support. They need the appropriate training and guidance on how to get there. Let's go on that idea of support. The, the officers, uh, the rank and file, are supported by a police union, which is really steadfast in not uh, changing the status quo. How do you start to communicate, or what will the negotiations be like with the police union to affect this kind of change that Minneapolis so sorely needs? Well, I think, um, first off, I think we have to recognize that the police union did not get the contract uh, that it has on its own. The city negotiated and the city of Minneapolis agreed over the course of decades to everything that's in the contract. So it's not like the police union unilaterally did this stuff on their own overnight. Um, And I think if folks read uh, the union statement in regard to the findings report, I think they will find that, you know, there, there are a lot of commonalities and there's a lot of common ground. Uh, that, and I honestly look forward to working with the union to try and figure out, you know, how do we make this situation better and how do we move forward together? How will the, this, this decree help Minneapolitans to feel more safe, Chief? Well, I think ultimately what what this settlement agreement with an ultimate, ultimate consent decree aims to get it aims to get good constitutional policing, a police department that more and more people in our community can trust. And the bottom line is, if we're going to continue to fight that, fight back, you know, these very real problems that we have in our communities around serious street crime, around gun violence, the only way that we can reduce those crimes and keep those reductions over the course of time 
is to do it together. And we need people in the community to be able to trust that Minneapolis cops uh, will have their backs. We need people in the community to be able to trust that they can call on us, they can provide us with information, and that we will have everyone's best interest at heart. So ultimately, this aims to improve the relationship between our cops and everyone in community, and that's absolutely essential for us to be able to make everybody safe. I apologize for the time constraints we're under, and I know there are like hundreds of stories that uh, we'll be talking about over the course of time with this uh, decree. But I'll, I'll say this, and this will be a question from our community. How can you help, and you just touched on it just a bit, how can you help the the, the, the moms, the dads, the aunts and uncles yeah. feel safe when they uh, report a crime in their communities and not themselves in the process of reporting become the suspects themselves? Well, I think that's it's a, it's a very complex problem, but I know just in my short time here, uh, especially time that I've spent in community in North Minneapolis, in neighborhoods where families are, you know, most affected both by gun violence and crime, but also most affected by what police do, that uh, people who are most vulnerable to this stuff are really, really want to work with us together. So I think there's an incredible opportunity there that we need to tap into. Uh, and we need to, you know, do as much as we can around community engagement so that we can build on that confidence. A final thought to uh, for you from you this morning, Chief, uh, on our time together today. Well, I just, I'm, I'm really, you know, this, this has been a painful process for everyone to keep hearing these stories that I feel like so many people feel like they've heard before, that they've lived through. It's difficult for our cops also. But this is something I've been waiting for. I'm thankful that this report has finally come out because this was just a necessary step for us to be able to move forward together. He's... Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara with us this morning live. And again, we uh, send our apologies to everyone listening and to you, Chief, too, for the technical difficulties that abbreviated our conversation this morning. We'll talk again real soon. Thank you so much for having me, Freddie. It's our pleasure. 21 and a half past 8 o'clock, Chantel. And we-